This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! Previously on Talk Time Live Exclusive. Even in this state of pop culture, you know, in this generation, there are still some who may be a bit conservative when it comes to seeing video games as a sophisticated form of art and media. And what would you guys say to that? The truth of the matter is that one of like the coolest things professionally about this guy is how he is all about great music, you know, coming from wherever it's coming from. Um, when we first started Distant Worlds, 2007, you know, there were orchestras and musicians out there that really questioned, should video game music be on the concert stage? Now, years later, there is a greater appreciation and people actually recognize that video games do belong there. They belong. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time live started in the 80s with matt cross dudes in the hood might have called that soft but i carried that cross like jesus did fast forward i teach the kids to learn how to let go live life and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard words with no faith is empty i stayed the course so my haters tempt me beep the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah a day late but never a dollar short all right i'm a little little broke but still we are here on a monday because there was just so much going on over the weekend so much news going on i had to gather it all put process it all in and make sure I have everything. Like it was so much information that I couldn't even get to watching Pinocchio, which I said I was gonna watch and probably gonna be the talk topic of the week. And then Cobra Kai came and karate kicked it out of the way. So instead, we're going to review Cobra Kai season five because between the two, I think this is the one that needed to be talked about that deserved to be talked about. And there was so much that was going on as you would expect from watching that series. And it's fifth installment. Uh, that that says a lot. They got five seasons, 50 episodes, and 
again, like there's a lot to take in with this whole thing. So like this is a show that has no business being this good. And we're going to talk about why in our talk topic of the week. But we also got a loaded show where well, this is going to be a big one because D23 was over the weekend and there was just a ton of information that came out of this. And you thought San Diego Comic-Con was the only big amount of information we would get from Marvel. Well, we got Marvel and we got Disney and we got Lucasfilms as well, all culminating as one for this big weekend. And we got to talk about it. All of the announcements and the highlights that went on there, we got to talk about as much as we could possibly can on this show and um, not miss a beat to that extent. So here we are on a Monday. You'll be hearing it today. And uh, there's a, this whole week, it's just going to be crazy because not only, uh, you know, this came out this weekend with D23 and a whole bunch of other information and news that came out. We also this week, Clerks 3 comes out this week, which I'm just saying it now that will be next week's uh, review. So uh, there's going to be a screening tomorrow in my uh, local theater, my neighborhood theater, and I'm uh, going to see it tomorrow. And uh, enjoy this. And again, shout out to my man, Megan Rand, who has Tractor Beam in the movie. If you follow Megan Rand on his social media platforms, you'll see him and Kevin Smith singing Tractor Beam on air. So dope. And man, it's just just awesome. I can't wait to uh, get a chance to see that movie. But also this Friday, the 16th, if you're in the Philadelphia area and if you're in the if you're actually in the uh, University City area, which is my the home of Viewfinders Identity Search and Design, the home of all things ACMG, you will be able to check out probably one of the most grand events for video games in general. And that is a new world intimate music from Final Fantasy conducted by Eric Roth, who was a guest on this show. Uh, if you would like, he will be him in the orchestra will be performing Final Fantasy music songs from final fantasy music or or i should say not songs but like scores from final fantasy at this event on september 16th at the irvine auditorium which is uh university of Penn's auditorium here in uh university city and if you want to get in check out to see if there's any tickets left go to their website at ffne world that is ffnew world And uh, go check out the tickets. Go check out when they will be, you know, performing in a theater near you or auditorium near you, if you will. But I'm looking forward to uh, getting to see this in person. I'm going to be there covering the show, getting some pictures, uh, enjoying this performance. And I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to it. And uh, if you are more interested in things involving this one in a distant world, which is another one that they do, go on to talktimelive.com you go you can listen or watch the interview that i had with the uh two uh, his father arnie roth who's also a grammy award-winning conductor and uh producer and it was a great conversation we had we uh had a great discussion on a distant world and a new world and just other topics as well involving video games and music and such like that so go out of your way check that out but you know go out of your way if you're a final fantasy fan you're in the philadelphia area go check this out i will be there and hopefully you will be too so all right with that said we got to get down to business we got a lot of news to talk about here so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg 
All right, before we start this, I got to take a deep breath. Got to process it all in and get ready because this is going to be a load of news coming. And we're going to start off with Viz Media releasing the trailer to Bleach Thousand Year Blood War. This thing is finally coming, the final installment to the Bleach series. This is what fans have been waiting for for a very long time, and it is coming in a big way it is not only coming in a big way it's also coming october 10th 2022 and they're gonna release this and it, this looks awesome I, now the trailer didn't exactly it was a raw trailer meaning that it didn't have any subtitles or anything it was in japanese the japanese actors were performing this i do believe i absolutely do believe that johnny young bush stephanie shea michelle roth and the rest of the cast of bleach that does the dubs for the US will be reprising their role. Uh, I think it's safe to say that they're gonna do it. I'd be very surprised and slightly disappointed if they don't. And if you go to metaverse.com or I forgot what they call themselves now, popverse.com, you can see my panel with the original cast there. And we briefly talked about it, not in a way that we knew that they were gonna reprise the role, but their thoughts on this coming back uh, that uh, during the time that we did this last year. and. It, it, it looks awesome. It looks fantastic. I don't, I can't understand because I've never read the manga before. So I, I'm, I'm and this is probably not a bad thing anyway, because I'm looking forward to seeing what's in store for this. But Bleach has always been one of those anime series that just kept evolving. Remember when, when Bleach first came out, it was one of the first animes to transition from four, three, aspect resolution to 16 uh, aspect ratio which then became hd 169 ratio i should say and then from that point their animation quality changed the art style kind of evolved a bit and it just looks better and better and the just the stories just got crazier and crazier so i am looking forward to this now again if you're going to new york comic con they will have a panel for this and we will get our first look a early screening of bleach thousand year blood war now what is not known is whether this will be the english uh dubbed version or the japanese uh dubbed version because and this is another rumor this hasn't been confirmed at all as of yet but everybody's saying everybody's claiming that there's a rumor and talks that disney has acquired this series to air on disney plus and if that is true then it is guaranteed that the US dub cast will be a part of this as well. There has been, there. it's just still been rumors and we're getting closer down to the time. Disney just announced a whole bunch of other news, but one of them was not Bleach. So it's not to say that that's not, it's not, you know, set in stone yet, it's not concrete, but you would have thought that they would have announced it on D23 of all places if that was the case. So. It may be not it may not be true. Crunchyroll could probably acquire it still. Or they're just gonna announce it at uh, as we get down closer to the event uh, or, or the premiere uh of this uh anime. So we'll see. But I'm looking forward to it because that's one of the panels I'm definitely going to be attending uh when it comes there. And I believe it's gonna be in the eighth. So I got a lot of things. I'm already setting up my schedule. Like people, when you go to big cons like this, I've said it before. You go to San Diego Comic-Con, you go to New York Comic-Con, it's the same thing. You better set up your schedule way before you get there because you don't walk into big, 
like huge conventions like this thinking that you're going to be able to see everything you're going to have to plan ahead i learned this lesson already i was already taught this lesson when i went to san diego comic-con the first time around and it is legit like you you need to look at what's available now go into the apps where all the schedules and everything if you want to see somebody in particular you want to mark it down schedule it uh the apps will alert you and notify you when the time comes for these things you better bolt to that area and be ready to bolt to the area because if you're in the like some of these these events these panels are in like different areas so say you go to see bleach but then you want to go see maybe the clerks panel which is like in a whole other side of things but the good thing is each of these panels usually give like a 15 20 minute grace period so that gives you enough time to get to one place to another the problem is is that other people are going to be there and the lines are going to be long so you got to make sure that you get there early enough to make sure that's why i would highly suggest if you can do not set up panels back to back because the idea is that you need to get to these panel lines very early especially the ones that aren't as big but at the javits center i learned that there's a lot of big uh you know uh halls in there uh, you know um you know panel halls in there like they they're huge in there especially the major ones like if you guys go on to talktomelive.com and you see the uh pics from last year that i took of the my hero academia world heroes mission panel that i went to and it fit like i think at least like maybe five thousand people in there and i took a big picture of that and uh it's huge it's it's freaking ginormous so go out of your way do it right strict you know especially if this is your first time you're going to be overwhelmed so go out of your way check it out and it's just it's going to be major it's going to be major 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 there so all right so with that said we got to talk she-hawk before we get into any of the uh <laughs> any of the d23 news i would be remiss if i didn't talk about she-hawk and i don't think i did talk about it last time with the second with the um third episode of megan the stallion appearance and everybody going in uproar but i knew people were going to go to uproar for it there i think there were more people who really liked her appearance on air and then there are just people who are hate watching the series and by the way if you're listening to this podcast if you're listening to my show and you're one of those people who constantly throw negativity to the show every single week but you claim not to like this show it's the fourth episode by now why are you still watching at this point why the hell are you still watching like if you hey i'll give a great example i am a great example of this because even with vince mcmahon leaving the wwe quote unquote leaving i still have not budged to watch wwe programming because one i don't necessarily believe he's totally gone two it's going to take a while for me to be convinced that it's going and when i was and i stopped watching that series I didn't even talk about that show. I went on to other wrestling shows or other shows in general. Like I stopped watching Raw and started watching like The Neighborhood and Bob Hart's Abishola and all the stuff like stuff that I feel like I would enjoy. So I didn't go on on a, on social media like a dork and just constantly, you know, throw negativity to something that I don't even like. Why? Are you wasting so much time writing about something on a weekly basis that you claim not to like, even though you say you don't like it? Like, if I, if I don't like it, I'm not going to watch it. 
I'm not going to give it a time of day. Um, if somebody asked me, I'll say, yeah, but no, I haven't watched it in a while. I haven't, I stopped watching it. I'm not a big fan of it. If I get into that conversation, if it's asked by request, but if I'm going to, you know, interject my views on something that even if, even though somebody else may like it, that's wrong. Like I may not like it, but somebody else will like, I hate the idea that some people actually rather like it or settle for watching raw and SmackDown at the time when Vince was there. And that was, that was pretty much the deal. And it was like, but they claim like they, they, I, they claim to like it. So I, I can't argue this. That's what they like. That's fine. I will respect that. I don't go into their, you know, their post threads and, and compliment and give my two cents because one, nobody cares what I have to say about that. Because if you're not a fan of it, then you're not going to care. You know, you, you, you shouldn't just be in these posts talking about it, which leads me to believe that the people who are constantly talking about this show on a weekly basis don't really hate it. I think that they actually like the content, but they trying to stick, stick out from the rest. They're trying to go against the grain so they could be noticed and you know, by just trolling pretty much. And I think deep down inside, they really like it. Cause if you really don't like something, you're just not going to, you're just not going to support it. You're not going to watch it. You know, if it truly sucks, you're not going to stick to it every single week. And that's the part I need so many people to realize is that these guys, these trolls are just trolls. They like, they look inside for what it really is. Like notice if like, they're still the same person still confident commenting every week, then he's, he's watching it because he's not, he's not helping. What really helps the situation to be canceled. Don't watch it. The viewership will go down. Viewership will go away, but these shows keep a high viewership and mostly from especially from those who claim that they don't like it because they're watching it every week or hate watching it. It's just, it's so idiotic, but I digress. Every episode so far, I have enjoyed this one, especially each episode has its own kick to it. I finally got my wife to watch it and she enjoys it immensely um, because she's been away for so long. So we kind of rebinged. And I think I watched She-Hulk so many times and each time I still enjoy it. I do not get tired of rewatching that show. That's it's so entertaining. But this week, I got to say the MVP for this week is the character Madison played by Patty, uh, Guggenheim and my goodness, this woman, this actor played this hilarious drunky hot, you know, girl who's always partying in the club and all this stuff's always staying drunk. I mean, she played perfect drunky hot. <laughs> okay. And then on top of that, she ends up meeting Wong. Some interesting things happen in her journey in another dimension or whatever, another world or whatever that she entered. She was in a demon world. She met the Goblin King. That's one of Spider-Man's, you know, known enemies. So the, we now know that the Goblin King exists. She comes out. So basically let's get to the story of this. Wong apparently is upset because he needs, you know, and needs Jennifer to represent him in a case where he wants a failed sorcerer turned failed magician named Donnie blaze. Now take note fans, myself included, believe that the name Donnie blaze stems from Donnie Ketz and Johnny blaze, who are two characters who took the helm of ghost Rider. Um, that's not a coincidence. 
I, I truly believe that's not a coincidence, especially the Blaze part, because everybody who read the comics knows Johnny Blaze. He's like, he's Ghost Rider Prime sort of kind of in people's eyes. Donnie is abusing and misusing the mystic arts to make himself famous in the magician world. And Wong warns him to stay, uh, you know, of danger ahead. And the two would wind up settling the court and Jennifer is, uh, Jen Walters is representing him at this time. Another thing that goes to Madison in here, which is hilarious. She, oh my God, she was borderline hilarious. And her and her chemistry with Wong is it's one of those it's one of those crazy dynamics that you see often in you know certain things um you know in wrestling it was the rock and sock connection it was uh booker t and gold dust and the and family guy it was stewie and in um brian you know dynamic somehow madison and wong who she called wongers is just brilliant it is just so hilarious you like you got this like really you know discipline you know dude in 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 wong and then madison who's just like constantly drunky hot um and dim it kind of dim with it she spells her names like with the i and the y and the two n's and the y and you know it, it's not what you think and i still don't understand what the hell that means but it's hilarious and the dynamic and chemistry between the two is just priceless i don't kudos to whoever thought about putting those two together because they first meet when when Donnie Blaze puts him into uh, her, puts her into a portal, and she resurfaces in Wong's lair, where where he's watching The Sopranos, and she constantly spoils the plots and the plot points to um, The Sopranos to Wong, and that's why Wong goes out his way to sue Donnie Blaze because of this. And those two somehow be end up uh, end up being friends from this, and they have huge soprano talks and everything. But she keeps spoiling it for her. It's hilarious. Meanwhile, Jennifer uh, Jen is looking to get back into the dating scene, but is having a hard time getting liked because normal Jen is somebody for some reason is not somebody that people would be swipeable on to these dating apps. Honestly, it, well. It depends. I think I remember I'd never watch um, the other show that she was in, but I do recall that she had her moments where like she was she was swipeable. So it's like they made her a little bit more like a, a bookworm uptight type of thing because she's a you know, she's a lawyer um, in here. So she's in this particular storyline. She has a hard time. I think she's cute as hell, uh, to be honest. Um, there's especially the facial expressions that she makes in certain, you know, she really captures face. I remember um, the first episode when uh, she was with Bruce and she almost kind of hyperventilated and Bruce was trying to figure out what was the matter. And then you cut to the next scene and she's eating pancakes and just she just had this sad look in her face of, you know, it was it was such like a endearing Disney type of moment. <laughs> where you kind of capture the emotion of the person at that very moment in time. She really gets that right. And I really like how Tatiana really pulls that off. Um, but, and then also like the, the first end credit scene where she fa where she tricked uh, Bruce into uh, revealing Cap's, you know, when, when Cap lost his virginity. And she was like, yes. And her whole demeanor just changed. So she's really good at doing that. But 
you know, going back to this, like for some reason in this storyline, she has a hard time finding dates or dates that will, you know, or, or to her liking, if you will. Nikki suggests that she would enter a new profile using her She-Hawk side as she may get better results because the She-Hawk side basically is it's her, but it's her with the hair, the body, the more charisma. And again, if you're not a fan, if you claim that you're a fan of Marvel, but never read the comics, but you complain about the comedic aspect of this, you are an idiot because this is everything you read in the comics, everything you saw in the cartoons when She-Hulk made an appearance. I mean, like She-Hulk is not a new character, much to the ignorance of many people out there who've never read the comics. She-Hulk has been around for a very long time and She-Hulk was everything the opposite of Bruce. She was more charismatic. She was more outgoing. She was more, you know, she was really a comedy version of hers of Bruce and just just more, you know, outgoing in life, <laughs> you know, living it up, embracing everything that Bruce did not at the time. Now, this is the MCU, so things are going to be changing in terms of those type of dynamics. But it's, you know, her persona and everything is just spot on to the comics, everything. And shout out to every person who does read the comics who have been posting memes of people saying, well, she doesn't do this, but then you show the proof of Stanley, you know, doing something very comedic on a, uh, in the She-Hulk comic or her, the infamous, her skipping uh, rope uh, naked, pretty much. That is Jennifer Walters. That is She-Hulk in the nutshell. You know, I don't know what these pretentious uh, fans are supposed to be expecting from here, but you know, it is. So she did, although Jen denied it at first, she felt like, all right, let me try this. She didn't feel proud about it, but she received, upon doing so, doing, putting on a new profile as She-Hulk, uh, she received much better results. Well, technically, well, she received much better reactions to her, uh, to her new profile doesn't mean that the, the the deal was there so she started dating many people from the app including one david otunga former wwe wrestler <laughs> harvard graduate a legit harvard graduate and lawyer which is which i think it was just awesome like people people don't really understand the significance of david otunga like for those who don't know david otunga was a former wwe superstar he was also uh, Jennifer Hudson's ex-husband or fiance or whatnot. They were supposed to be married, but they never got married. They've been together for quite a long time. Many people felt that he kind of used Jennifer's, you know, um, you know, celebrity to elevate his own. I mean, honestly, without Jennifer Hudson, he definitely, I mean, he's a great looking dude. That's no denying it. He's a dope looking dude, but how far would he have gotten had he not been connected with Jennifer Hudson? That's the thing. I don't think he would have gotten anywhere near where he was at without that. And then he got into the WWE. So another case, he wouldn't have got there either. If not for, you know, um, you know, WWE to that extent. So he kind of, he kind of, you know, he kind of networked his way in and you know what? I can't get mad at the dude for it. He did. He, you know, he shot it. He was smart. He's a Harvard, you know, he's a Harvard guy. He shot us. He shooted his shot and he got it, you know? So we got to see David Otunga here dating, you know, Jen Walters. David Otunga is also a legit lawyer in real life. And, um, 
he's also an actor too so like he has been he he does pro bono cases every once in a while just to keep up with his practice and everything so honestly let's put it like this like if if i god forbid if i ever get in trouble again i'm finding him because he's going to do a pro bono for me <laughs> somewhere somehow but um i thought this was funny and significant for that because he's a lawyer jen's a lawyer uh but he doesn't play a lawyer in this particular scene he's just a huge jock dude and who felt very insecure about the idea that jen was stronger than him so he started asking her you know how much can she bench or how much she weighed like well i could bench 600 pounds and then he started like he started you know his alpha mode and in, in this whole thing so i thought that was it was it was a very funny funny cool cameo moment for him after a few dates he, uh she managed to find one guy who is a, uh, a physician and one who appears to be more interested in her they even went, uh, agreed to want to split fries and she was immediately drawn to this dude they end up you know shacking up immediately but upon you know before she got to do that she kind of got blocked by both donnie blaze and wong donnie blaze was trying to do you know they went to court and tried to uh you know he tried to cease and uh she tried to do a cease and desist to donnie blaze about using real magic because of the dangers and insist and wong you know with conviction said that this he, he shouldn't be using it he's untrained he failed to you know at the sorcerers you know failed to you know really master his sorcery and it really showed throughout the, the um picture his assistant is hilarious too uh he has an assistant that he uh you know works with as well it kind of looks like grady from sanford his son and it was they were just hilarious uh, donnie blaze also gets credit for being one of the funnier parts in here so he tries this again but he ends up unleashing all these demons uh into the performance that he did and then donnie blaze winds up interrupting his sopranos uh binge again and then the two end up trying to get rid of all the actual uh demons from there but then he also calls on to uh she hawk as well who's in the middle of a date at the moment and then she gets cut off and they end up going to fight anyway so they beat they get to uh, get rid of the demons after all this jen comes back she ends up shacking up with the dude but then the next morning this whole thing changed she woke she she in the morning she became jen again and the guy that she was dating didn't realize that she had her alter ego thought that she was she hawk the whole time attracted to she hawk not to jen and it was a bit of a turnoff for him and this resulted in him leaving with no further interest in the whole thing which was kind of i felt really sad for her and it's like this dude is this dude is he, he sucks um but nonetheless as he left someone else appeared at the door with a request to come to court i forgot uh, a court i forgot what they called it but um you know the deal is that she's being sued by titania for infringing on her trademark which just happens to be she hawk now let's take note here is that she was called she hawk by fans she never took claim of the name so there's it's a weird situation how titania can actually sue her when she's not using the actual name people are just calling her that so i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see how her defense is the that's how pretty much the episode ends but we of course every episode that we get 
we get an end credit scene and we're down to four as we got five more episodes left we get to see wong and madison again hanging out like they're officially hanging out now and they're binging through stuff and this time they're watching this is us and madison just constantly asking wong has he ever drunk this type of drink or you know constantly had drinks and it's hilarious it's just another hilarity i hope madison comes back um oh guggenheim is i don't i've never seen this woman before patty guggenheim is awesome she is not only extremely hot um she is just absolutely hilarious at that so i hope we do get to see her somewhere down the line i don't know if this is going to be wong's last time either but wong benedict wong has been absolutely just tremendous author I, you know it's funny people if you've really read the comics then you know full well we have never seen the character wong be on the foreground in the forefront of the marvel any universe not the marvel comic universe or any other universe wong is just a character that just never like we know wong from being the assistant to dr strange who in the comics he's the saucer supreme in this one he's the saucer supreme here and we see him in so many different places we saw him in shang chi we saw him on spider-man we see him you know he they made him a household name which is something like much like iron man and guardians of the galaxy is something that we never saw in the comics these these characters these stories weren't exactly the most popular stories ever and because of marvel studios and how they you know direct with the characters they are managed to bring a lot of obscure characters or minor league characters into the forefront making them much more important in the eyes of many it's brilliant and benedict wong his performance and is first of all how awesome is it that you get to be the name of the person of the name that you already own anyway so how how awesome can that be and he he lives it up man he he's so doing it um yeah so i don't know if him and, and um patty guggenheim will be back on the show we got five more episodes going on and with next week she with next week uh she hawk going to court or jen walters going to court with uh for titania i'm interested in who's representing both is jen going to defend herself or she is going to hire a lawyer to do it who is titania representing now remember there is another lawyer who is yet to make his appearance and he is matt murdoch will matt murdoch represent either of these two that's going to be interesting because sooner or later he's only geared for one episode apparently now much to the uh this you know much to the belief of imdb which marvel studios plays around with imdb a lot and kind of throws people off because they people they know people like me are going to go into imdb to look for stuff to see who's going to do what and where and they kind of throw you off they said charlie cox was going to be in all like five or nine episodes it's not true they threw us off again so he it's possible that next week he will be in this episode he will eventually be in and they said uh charlie himself as d23 said that episode is going to be very special seeing them coming together in some form or fashion and we get to see him for the first time since his netflix run or no since uh no way home 
that we get to see him but this time in full gear and he's going to be in the yellow and red again something from the comics if for those who don't read the comics um so anybody who's going to be it's going to be idiots that's going to be like why he's not wearing all red no in the comics he wore yellow and red at some point okay deal with it <laughs> and I just love I just love it, man. I'm looking forward to it. These these episodes have been nothing short of funny. And it's just amazing how Marvel Studios can at one point be really serious and then really be action packed and then really be hilarious and then have all of that come together at one to blend and mold in and assimilate into one big storyline. It's just amazing what they do. It means exactly what they did do in the comics. And it it works. The formula always works. I wish DC would have done the same for that. So we will see. All right. Now let's get into some news involving this past weekend's D23. Wow. I was, you know, I, I was expecting a lot from D23, but geez, I thought that we got all the information we needed to know from San Diego Comic-Con. And it was a lot that they revealed. And I mean a lot. But my goodness, did they feel, did they have another helping of goodness this uh, at this event here? So we're going to run down a lot of what has gone on. And we're going to start with Marvel. Then we're going to go to Disney. And then we're going to end off with, um, with the news from Lucasfilm. So, all right. So Entertainment Weekly has helped me <laughs> with this one, with the list of things that were announced here. So surprisingly this was not announced at san diego comic-con they saved it for d23 but we got a halloween special coming in the uh courtesy of marvel studios in the form of werewolf by night of all things for those who again don't read the comics werewolf by night is a comic that actually is from marvel's comics it actually it, they they had they um, ran a series uh way back in what was it uh in the 70s right alongside luke cage and and uh shang chi it, like if you grew up like i did back in the day comics used to be in corner stores they they weren't just in comic book stores i mean comic book stores was just next level but you know some comics were actually sold in like 7-eleven well, along with other magazines and such um then they were also they were also uh corner stores that would have a bunch of comics that you would buy from there as well you know just random iron mans or spider mans whatever was available they you know some you know publishers would you know display them there and we used to get our comics from there one of which was like we would see luke cage every once in a while we would see shang chi the original shang chi not like the one that you uh saw in there iron fist and power man you know stuff like that um spider mans and, and, and iron mans a lot we would see all those and werewolf by night was another one of those deals you know that you would see there and i can't believe that they're coming out with this as a as a special this will be airing on disney plus october 7th for uh just in time for halloween and this is awesome and the wonder about this is that it will, shout out to um one of my acmg members who pointed out that another character that was also that also had a series is going to be in this and that's uh what is it? Um, oh God, what is the name? Let me go in there real quick. Cause I got to, I got to give credit to this person who pointed this out, did not see this in the trailer. And I would never thought to see this in the trailer. 
There's so much here. I think it was meant. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? He's going to mention it. There it is. Uh, Mel, uh, Mel Davis Jr. Shout out to him and our ACMG uh, group. But he found in there his his keen eye found uh, Man Thing. Man Thing is another comic that was back in the 70s. And, you know, again, another one of those deals that was like Man Thing is kind of Marvel's version of Swamp Thing. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, what's funny, too. A lot of people will not notice this today because the kids don't read comic books and they focus on an MCU, but both Marvel and DC borrowed from each other. You will see characters in DC that kind of resembles Marvel characters. And then you would also see Marvel characters that will resemble DC characters as well. And they played off of each other. And the idea, I guess, was to see who can outdo the other and what character base or whatever like that. But man thing is another one of those deals where like, you know, obviously this dude Swamp Thing. This is their answer to Swamp Thing or something like that. And he was, he's in the, he's going to be in this uh, special as well. So, uh, shout out to Mel for that one. I, that was a really awesome key night he had with that. And again, October 7th, Halloween special coming. I can't believe this. They kept this a secret. This is just crazy. And the other question is, is this going to connect to anything that, that's coming? You know, one can say that you can connect this to probably blade and maybe some other things so this could be something i think this is going to be worth watching from a standpoint that there may be some other things that may come out of this that because marvel doesn't put out anything that doesn't connect this cannot be a standalone thing there has to be something that literally connects to this and when you got werewolf by night this usually connects to the dark you know the marvel knights which is moon knight which is um you know which which is ghost rider which is blade in some case so it's possible something bigger can come out of this this one time special here uh so we will see i'm looking forward to that it's awesome another thing i'm looking forward to is secret invasion we've got a trailer to secret invasion starring uh samuel l jackson back as nick fury and this looks absolutely awesome and he's working with the scrolls as we all know and he finally comes to earth and uh kobe smolders the real kobe smolders is back or the real uh, maria hill is back and she's uh trying to she's you know trying to figure out what's going on with you know why has he been gone for so long i have been looking for you everywhere and you've been in space for all this time everett k ross uh is back as well um so He's going to be back. And if uh, Ross is, uh, uh, what's his name from, uh, from Black Panther. So he's going to be back on this. Uh, he's going to be a part of this connected to that. And there's said that there's going to be a lot of cameos in this, uh, in this series. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, Scroll Talus is going to be there. Uh, of course, because, you know, they've been connecting through all the different ones. Um, Don Cheadle. It's going to be back. War Machine is going to be in this series and uh, make an appearance as well. It's going to be, uh, they said it's going to be a lot of different cameos in there. I'm probably not even mentioning everyone. And speaking of Don Cheadle, also announced was uh, Armor Wars. We, they didn't, the trailer wasn't shown, but the, uh, it got, it now has a new logo, which looks awesome. And it is now in the works and we're looking forward to it. Uh, they basically, Don Cheadle said in an interview at, d23 that it's gonna really 
follow a lot of what has been going on with James Roach, which we haven't really seen. I mean, he's made an appearance on um, a few different, you know, shows um, like uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and it may be like a few appearances and elsewhere, but we really haven't, you know, dwell into what was going on with James Rhodes since Tony died since Endgame. I, some of that has got to affect him too. Some of the thing, you know, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a soldier and everything, but you know, as we know, soldiers go through things. They go, they, they have PD, uh, PTSD and Rhodes has been through a lot. He lost his, he lost the ability to, you know, walk freely. He's using, you know, Tony's, you know, technology to walk and He's been through a hell of a lot through all these years in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see where they go with his character and then what's going on. And the basic thing with Armor Wars is, I think, which is kind of based on the Armor Wars comics as well, is that a lot of Tony's tech has been, you know, compromised and he's going to stop everybody who's not, you know, who doesn't have the uh, permission to, to use that, you know, that tech and it's taking them down. So. This is going to be interesting. I wonder if Hammer's going to come back. We haven't seen Hammer in quite a while, so it'd be cool if we see, um, you know, Hammer and Hammer Tech come back in this too, because that would be awesome. And I think it might be an appearance from uh, Riri Williams' Ironheart as well in this series, so we will see. Uh, we did, speaking of Ironheart, uh, we did, well, we, we learned about this quite a while ago, but Anthony Ramis from uh, Hamilton and from in the Heights and you know, she's got to have it. He's going to be here. He's playing, uh, Parker Robbins, AKA the hood. Uh, so he's going to be the big villain there. This is going to be interesting because I've never seen him in villain form before. He's always been the guy that everybody, the character, everybody loves in everywhere. I loved him in, in the Heights. I loved him. And she's got to have it, you know, playing, uh, I believe, you know, uh, Spike Lee's character on there. He was awesome there. Hamilton. He was dope on there too. So, um, this is kind of his first villain role, if I'm correct. And he, he's just awesome. I can't wait to see what he's going to do in here. So that is coming in 2023. Armor Wars didn't really, they, nobody's uh, announced when that's coming, but he just said it's coming. So um, another interesting thing that happened was that we got to cast a low key talking about season two, which is coming 2023. There was no uh trailer for that but we got the news of one of the stars that is going to be on air which is absolutely freaking awesome a, a, a actor and character i have not seen in forever and that's kehu kwan uh you may not know the name but you know the character that he's played the legendary character on indiana jones and the temple of june yes folks it is short round he is going to be in low-key too and what was also awesome about his appearance and announcement was that you know they also talked about the indiana jones um movie in there harrison ford was there those two got to reunite for the first time and there's picture there's a picture that's going around uh social media showing those two reuniting and it's just an awesome scene because indiana jones and the temple of doom was so long ago and to see him all grown up so many years later and Harrison Ford and those two reunited after all this time. It is just, it was a beautiful, probably one of the most beautiful moments at D23 bar none. And one of the most beautiful things to be shown around all weekend, uh, from there. So low key, 
coming 2023 they're still going to be messing around with the multiverse situation so it's going to be interesting to see where that goes we got a director for fantastic four and we got a release date for fantastic four as well matt shockman is scheduled to direct uh the helm for uh fantastic four fantastic four is scheduled to come out in theaters november 8th 2024 so countdown begins and of course we still don't know who is going to be you know doing the roles of the fantastic four um they could change it up easily change it up now for those who don't know like myself who don't know uh matt's credentials here let's see what he has done in here okay he directed uh episodes of wandavision he's directed uh oh it's always sunny in philadelphia you can just stop it right there this will be a good movie <laughs> wandavision was awesome it's always sunny in philadelphia is just one of the best shows ever and he's also worked on game of thrones and directed episodes there i think we have no trouble worrying about whether this movie is going to be awesome okay i could just name those three and just stop right there <laughs> okay so uh he's going to be on the forefront for this this is going to be dope and we got a release date so i'm extremely happy this will kick off phase six of the multiverse saga so looking forward to that what i'm also looking forward to as well captain america new world order because they gave the in my opinion the biggest announcement of the marvel announcements sam wilson anthony mackie aka his first enemy as captain america is probably one of the biggest you could possibly give him it is none other than the leader people 14 years ago in phase one of marvel of the of the mcu during the infinity saga the incredible hulk came out one of my favorite movies of the first phase of the first phase of marvel of the infinity saga and there was a part where tim blake nelson is there and we basically get to see sort of the formation of the leader and we never saw anything since we were waiting and waiting and waiting and many people all right maybe all right no just honestly that's true many people i was going to say a minority but no this is many many people were wondering like well what's becoming a movie there's been no follow-up to the hawk since that point and everything that bruce banner did because they changed from ed norton to mark ruffalo thinking and people immediately thought that they were just gonna erase everything that happened there and they didn't because you know civil war came and we got to see ross and then furthermore ross came back in a few appearances he came ross came back on um endgame he came back in what else uh black widow and then on top of that shang chi came in and then we got abomination so that further that 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 put shut the that shut everything down from people thinking that this they were just gonna erase that whole event no and then now we finally the other gap the everything is everything has been answered we finally get the leader and he's going to be sam wilson's big villain for one of my biggest things problems with uh sam wilson when he first started him with you know captain america in the comics is that 
Marvel Comics, for some reason, kept giving him this. I was reading this book when it first started, and I was not happy because I felt like during the time Marvel was just not good in terms of their writing at the time. And one of the reasons was that, like, it was mostly just the character, you know, direction. You, you got Sam Wilson, you got Miles Morales, you got the champions, all these, you know, new breed of heroes coming, but they don't have any villains that are big enough to catch. Well, Miles Morales was the only one who was going up against like major villains and not only just going up against them, but beating a lot of them, dominating some of them. That's it. That's why Miles Morales was probably the most successful of the new characters up to the point. And I'll probably second that with Miss Marvel to some extent. Um, but then you had Sam Wilson, who was taken over as Captain America in the comics to much controversy of a lot of racist, you know, people and bigoted people. And what, what Marvel was doing was not giving him the amount of credit that he needed to in order to get it. Like you're only as good as it, you know, a good protagonist or a great protagonist is only as good as the antagonist that he faced. And he was just kind of in this like street level narrative right now, you know, basically because, you know, people weren't feeling him as Captain America. So they had to deal with that mess. But he at the time, he never felt like he was, you know, really he was really there. Like he was really trying like a, a character that you can really go, you know, back up until recent. Like I'm reading the new Captain America comics with Sam Wilson in there. And those that book is awesome. That book is so good. The art is so good. These the writing is so good. He's going up against like people like um, Doctor Doom, and he's face he's teaming up with Deadpool of all things, and 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 uh, Crossbones and White Wolf. That book is the book that we've been waiting for. And in order for you to make Cap believable, and uh, you know this version of Cap believable, he has to face major enemies. And getting the leader is a huge deal because the leader. For those who don't know, is actually is actually the Hawk's biggest enemy. Is like to, the leader to the Hawk is Doctor Octopus to Spider Man, or Green Goblin to Spider Man. That's his mortal enemy. Now, I don't. I hope that the leader stays long enough and doesn't die in this movie. I hope he stays long enough to end up facing the Hulk, because I think that is something that needs to happen. Much like we did when we finally got, you know, the Punisher teaming up with, uh, I mean, not teaming up, but the Punisher finally meeting um, Wilson Fisk and Daredevil. Like we need that type of moment because that moment was just, that was a milestone pivotal moment in the series of uh, Daredevil. To have the Punisher and Wilson Fisk go face to face with each other, that was beyond huge. We've been waiting for something like that for years of all these Punisher movies that have come out. We've never got to see that moment. We finally got to see that moment in Daredevil and it was absolutely, it lived up. It really lived up. Gave us a taste of what they could have done with that character. I want to see the same thing. I want to see now that the leader is officially coming back and I can't wait to see what this dude is going to look like. I hope they keep him alive enough to bring him, you know, going up against the Hulk because that needs to happen. They really need to follow up with that. So, but him being the, or a Hulk could be a part of this too, who knows? But him 
you know being um in this as the main villain oh that's 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 a that's big that is so big that's, that's exactly what anthony mackie uh needed for you know to play this role it is gonna be this is gonna be people get ready <laughs> that's gonna be dope and during this uh this showcase we also got the cast of thunderbolts revealed here and very very interesting indeed we got black widow of course um of course is uh playing by yelana uh uh Bolova, who's quote-unquote uh natasha's sister played by florence Pog in here so she's probably it looks like she's going to be the main pun but we also got bucky the winter soldier as part of the thunderbolts we got u.s agent in there we got taskmaster coming back we got ghost from ant-man you know as a part of this group too so and it looks like she's gonna be all healed up and you know taken care of but she's still gonna be able to be a part of this so and of course we got julia luann uh louise dreyfus um in here so this i'm looking forward to this looks awesome <laughs> this is this movie looks like it's gonna be dope oh i forgot to mention uh what's his name uh la la red guardian david uh harbour is making an appearance back and he has a new suit as well <laughs> so one that fits so this is this looks cool this looks really really cool a lot of people want to see, uh was talk asking about uh well not a lot of people people on social media was asking about whether zemo was going to be a part of this i think he should maybe not as part of the team or some form of fashion as well like it's this is going to be good this is going to be good this is a great lineup for that movie and um looks like it's set to come july 26 2024 which is i believe these probably phase six of the whole thing so there you have it folks that was pretty much all the announcements for marvel my goodness that was a load of uh announcements there that was just borderline insane and um i can't wait we got a lot looking forward to it already and uh whoosh, my goodness so then there was also disney who made uh their announcements as well and oh i should i should add too the one thing that i enjoyed about the announcements with marvel is that we got three black directors taking on major projects for this event we got of course ryan coogler with um wakanda forever and i believe he may be overseeing ironheart as well for that and i believe there's probably going to be a black director for ironheart i don't think that was um there was there's there's going to be multiple directors for that series uh, we got nia da costa for the marvels so she's going to be ta help, uh, taking over that. We got Julius Ona, who's doing Captain America, the um, New World Order. So again, opportunity is being given and provided. You know, diversity is being shown once again from Marvel because that was always been Marvel's brand. That has always been Marvel's brand. And this is why I've always been a Marvel dude from the jump. <laughs> okay, so love it. Absolutely love it so disney with their own uh deals has also provided us with um some cool cool uh announcements hocus pocus 2 is coming uh soon as well so they got the trailer for that bet mittler and i forgot who is it is a bet mittler kathy uh najimi and sarah jessica parker are now you know going to be the two new ones next to uh bet miller in this one so that's pretty cool we got disenchanted 
which is coming out as well. Uh, looks like it's going to be a pretty cool show. It's coming out Friday, 20, uh, November 24th on Disney+. Plus. Uh, looks really cool. It looks really funny and interesting. This one I'm really looking forward to, and that is Peter and Wendy. Peter Pan and Wendy. Um, this is going to be, looks like it's going to be a live action, uh, you know, movie. I don't think there was a trailer shown, but it's coming to Disney Plus on, uh, in 2023. And it is say this look like it's, it look, it looks to be a live action version. We haven't had a live action Peter Pan since, um, Robin Williams and Hook, which is widely considered one of the best, uh, in, you know, renditions of Hook we have ever had, like, um, of, um, Peter Pan we've ever had and they got I mean it's Disney I know it's Disney but you got some big shoes to fill with this one so I don't know what they're gonna do in terms of this I knew now even back then you know Hook was ahead of his time the production value everything was so great Disney has the ability to do so much more now because you know it's been a way over a decade since Hook came out and uh, it's gonna be very cool Jude Law is going to be playing Captain Hook. Uh, and here, uh, Tiger, um, who is it? Alisa Wapantak. I'm going to butcher this name. It's playing Tiger Lily. Um, Ever Anderson is going to be uh, Wendy. And Alexander Maloney is playing Peter uh, Pan here. So, looking so forward to this. Haunted Mansion has also been announced too, which uh, looks like Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be a part of this one. Uh, I believe the first one I mentioned was with Eddie Murphy, if I'm correct. So this one is going to be in the helm of uh, her in there. So, you know, that's cool for those who like the Haunted Mansion thing. Mufasa, the Lion King is uh, also something that was announced, too. So uh, not much I'm seeing here is being revealed, but director Barry Jenkins, from what I'm reading here, and a never before seen sneak peek. Uh, you know that was shared about the film and who looks like a yeah, that's coming out too snow white is also coming out and this is very interesting because we got gail gadot as snow white's stepmother in here and uh that's gonna be interesting we got rachel's um zegler who's gonna be i guess who's gonna be snow white so that's awesome we got gail gadot in the you know disney universe now which possibly mean if the DC thing is going to be gone. She might drip into the Marvel era too. There's a possibility for that. So, but the, I think the biggest thing to come out in terms of the Disney uh, announcements probably was the Little Mermaid. Um, we've known this to be quite a while. Holly Barrett, uh, Bailey, uh, was uh, announced a long time ago to play Ariel. And the big situation, of course, is that she's a black actor playing this role that many have saw as Ariel is white. So yes, there is a, there is a race change and as, and guess what? So what? Because Holly Bailey can sing her ass off. I thought she looked beautiful. There was a lot of excitement in there, but of course there was a vocal minority that was going to show hate to this. And I say to those people get therapy. That's all I'm saying. There's no reason to hate get therapy. It's not that deep get therapy because <laughs> you're just going to jump at the one thing the one aspect of hair but no get therapy because this is coming out the sneak peek trailer looked awesome she sounded phenomenal absolutely phenomenal her voice carries over you know 
it, it you know if you know her she's uh her her and her sister chloe and uh and uh Haley. They're a singing duo. They are phenomenal um, songstress. They both appeared on uh, Grownish for multiple seasons, and they got their fame from there. They have just been tremendous ever since. And for her to get this opportunity is just fantastic. I can't wait. I will be supporting this movie so much. So I'm looking forward to this one to come out. So people are excited. People are absolutely excited. It is coming May 2023, and I look forward to seeing more from there. Uh, Pixar also got an announcement too. We got a movie called The Elementals that is uh, coming out as well. We got a really awesome looking baseball film called uh, Win or Lose in Harris too. And um, another one, Elio, which looks pretty cool. Inside Out 2. I didn't even get to see the first one. <laughs> I didn't see the first one. I actually, I couldn't now because I got Disney+. Plus. Um, Inside Out 2 is coming. So that's awesome. I guess that really wasn't a very, uh, very cool uh, film. <laughs> another one uh was announced that looks like it's going to be based um in pan africa pretty much um in collaboration with pan africa comic book entertainment company um iwaju is the name of this movie which i guess is based on a comic series uh from nigeria and uh it's pretty much they said is a love letter to lagos in nigeria and um this is gonna be interesting i didn't they didn't show too much for it but we're going to see a lot involving this uh, too. Um, Strange Worlds, we did see a little bit from that a while ago, so they showed a little bit more there. Another movie called Wish is coming, and that was pretty much everything that was mentioned from there. So lots of awesome things coming from Pixar and Disney from that point. And then we ended off with Lucasfilms. We got to see so much. Of course, they people who were there got to get a early inside screening of the trailer to indiana jones and from what was reported is that harrison ford actually got really emotional seeing that trailer almost in the same fashion as when ryan coogler and the cast of black panther did when they saw the trailer to black panther for the first time ever you know god i wish i was at that you know at uh san diego comic-con for that moment that i would have cried too the people don't understand like the, when that came out we never seen anything like that and uh, you know as far as black people is concerned it's of, of that level it, it, such an emotional moment at that time so uh, a lot of things got mentioned here Andor, Mal uh, mandalorian bad batch tales of the jedi skeleton crew willow uh asuka as well willow look i, I willow came out when i was very young and I knew it was a great film, but I never got into it. But looking at this trailer to the recent one now, I am actually looking forward to watching this. Um, all the characters, you know, are actually the one that matters is coming back. Warwick Davis, who played the original Willow character, he is back reprising the role, and that's awesome. Uh, also, Christian, uh, Christian Slater will be joining. Uh, it looks like he's going to be in this as well. So. They showed the trailer. I really enjoyed the trailer. Made me interested and wanted to see what they have up um, to par. So expect that to be coming uh, very soon. Uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch, the Clone Force ninety nine, which I swear they take their you know taking elements of Suicide Squad with this thing, or it's like half Suicide Squad, have eighteen as well. But it's now getting it's back with another season, and uh, 
it's coming January 4th, 2023. So one of the first things with the two episode premiere, by the way, on Disney Plus, a new Star Wars animated show called Tales from Jedi, uh, Tales of the Jedi, I should say, is actually coming in October. Uh, October 26, 2022 is going to be a lot of characters from the actual movie that you recognize. Um, looks like Samuel L. Jackson will be making an appearance here as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Asuka, which is, uh, you know, John Favreau and David Filoni's big project uh, coming with Rosario Dawson uh, playing the role is coming in 2023. I cannot wait for that. I Rosario Dawson is going to kill that role. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. Star Wars, The Skeleton Crew, another new project, uh, which is going to star Jude Law in this one. Got it. This one and another one I got an in-room um, first look at in here as well. So that is uh, coming very soon. No date for that, looks like. The Mandalorian. We got a trailer for that, and that looked, oh my goodness, it's going to be so much. We, You know, if you guys remember, he was uh, disowned or disfellowshipped from the uh guild of mandalorians in the in the uh the the um bounty hunters guild and because he took off his helmet and now he's all alone on his own path with grogu because grogu decided to go with him and now there's another mandalorian apparently so who's going to be in it and the whole entire guild is going to be on a hunt for grogu in this one so expect a lot thing a lot of things going on here it's season three will be coming 2023 for that. We talked about Indiana Jones already. We talked about Short Round, which I hope actually he makes an appearance on air as well. Whoa. Uh, that would be awesome. But uh, that's coming. There's a release date for that. June 30th, 2023. Coming out next year. I think that movie is going to make a ton of cash. Okay. That is going to make so much money. Another cartoon, kids cartoon is time. Young Jedi Adventures is coming. So... For all the little kitties out there that will be shown and that was everything that was announced at d23 an explosive amount of news again if you thought that san diego comic-con with them having marvel studios back <laughs> i thought like all right marvel studios is back at um san diego comic-con so now it's a must go to type of place and i'm like all right what's going to happen with d23 they're going to do it. nope this has been answered d23 is now in the realm of like one of the must go to places in the event. Now, also I should mention New York Comic Con, which is we're counting down right now, less than a month away coming from that. I am so looking forward to going there again. And uh, Marvel has been announced to come back. Uh, so I don't know to what form of fashion. I know Oscar Isaac is going to be doing a panel there as well. Um, a lot of Marvel artists is going to is, is scheduled to be coming there as well. So there's going to be a whole Marvel influence. Um, more announcements is supposed to be coming soon, I guess. I don't know from the Marvel front or whatever. Uh, I know there were a couple of minor, you know, cancellations. And I say minor because it was like it's from like cult fan favorites out there. So it was enough to like not really hurt it. But when you, people cancel out and that happens everywhere, that happens in San Diego Comic-Con, it happens in New York Comic-Con, it happens everywhere. Um, there are cancellations that usually happen. Felicia Day, I believe, was one of the people. And, you know, that's a that's a known star, but it's like I don't think it's one of those things that's going to really hurt, you know, and hurt New York Comic-Con really in a major way. There, you know, Felicia Day is a, I, I like Felicia Day. I love the guild. 
Um, but I haven't seen Felicia Day in quite a long time. <laughs> so, um, you know, not to, not to throw shade on that or anything, but like, I haven't seen her in a long time. So I don't know how big her, her fandom is at that point to where she, you know, how much of an impact that will make or for, you know, any con for that matter. So, you know, that's one thing, but, um, we'll see what, in terms of Marvel, we'll see what they're going to do. We you know what's going to come in from there and see how that influences. Cause having Marvel at any con, it's a major deal. I know they're selling a lot of merchandise for Marvel for there as well, New York comic con. So, you know, go out and we check that website out, you know, badges are still available at the time. And, uh, we're looking forward to seeing that there, but man, there's no shortage of awesome fandom. Everything that we lost for the last two years and, 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 um, with, with the pandemic and everything, it's coming back, man. I'm extremely excited, happy. Um, I'm happy cause I'm going to get a chance to see Jim Lee in person, take a picture with that dude, get some few things signed. I signed up for that package. I cannot wait. I am so looking forward to that and, uh, so happy. And yes, people, you will have to wear a mask and they did announce that you will be, you know, for safety, you will have to wear a mask and not just any mask, uh, M95s, KN95s mask as well, stuff like that. Uh, if you're a person who, you know, like myself, who got, you know, who paid for packages to get photos being taken by celebrities, fear not, because they did say you will be able to remove said mask at the event. I don't know to what end by request of the which every celebrity has a different request so we'll see how that goes from there but nonetheless man uh, i'm looking forward to it i'm very excited for us uh, uh october to come and everything is coming from that point so we'll have it there but folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're gonna take a break come back and we're gonna get down and dirty we're gonna start a fight with Cobra Kai season five, and I'll give my review and thoughts of everything that went on in this season for that on Netflix. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. Hey, this is Mega Ran, teacher, rapper, hero, waffle lover. And you're checking out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Turn it up and share. Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Fight! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review, the epic review, in return of Cobra Kai season five. Five seasons, 50 episodes later, this thing is still going strong. It is still captivating fans, still entertaining, still action packed. And again, I say it's it's one of the most amazing. I call this the 10th wonder of the world because here you have a series based on an old movie franchise from the 80s 
that normally if you try to take a, something from the 80s and try to make it modern it usually doesn't work this series has no business being able to work it has no business no right to be this good and it is and it's done but at the same time it's done in the most simple way the storyline and storytelling and character development that they do in here is better than what you would see in pro wrestling it's better than some other action is better action than some things that we've already seen this series in all respect does and can you know be compared to what we the type of entertainment that we see in any marvel film or any marvel series that we see today it is really good it, it just really has no business being as good because no really we've seen a lot of series or shows or movies from the 80s they usually back then they would come back in a form of a made for tv type of movie and we don't get to see that as much um we just see these things as like a, a campy version of them and they're like a low budget version of them or they you know it just doesn't live up to the expectations that we would see from the original you know project from the original movie if you will they went all out here and you believe it or not people there is one person of all people that you need to thank for this series and that is executive producer will smith yes before you know the big slap he helped bring this to the forefront a lot of it being because he was already you know overbrook um productions was which by the way was one of the, my old high schools that i went to which was the school that he went to by the way i got kicked out of there but that's a whole other story i digress <laughs> he's part of the reason why this has come back and you guys remember will smith you know tried to bring back the karate kid you know a reboot of it in the form of his son and jackie chan who became the miyagi of this whole thing it didn't work out people wasn't feeling it and it was one of those campy things that we were talking about and then they just decided to say like you know let's let's stick to the to the source of this and there was yeah i i don't know how true this is but many believe that the creation of this series was possibly based around the episode of how i met your mother when barney basically was questioning the morality of danny like was danny the real bad guy or was johnny the real good guy in this and when you look back that started a whole conversation because how i met your mother was extremely popular neil patrick harris's character barney was probably the most fa fan favorite of the bunch and they started this conversation and it, it this debate of who was the real bad guy in this movie was it dan daniel larusso was it joe johnny lawrence you know but when you look back at it, it's like oh crap you know the things that we think about in the 80s and we look back at it now it changed perspectives and they played on that they the very first season of cobra kai played on the idea of who was the real bad guy here and then it comes out it's this great area but there's also this even flow of yin and yang storytelling that really played on to this and then for some, somehow some way they able to they were able to factor in everybody and i mean er, everybody who is very important to 
the saga of the Karate Kid has been brought back to fill in gaps, to answer questions, and to assimilate each other into one big story. And that's what happened in season five. We're getting to see characters from different, you know, different parts of the saga come together. We get to see Chosen with, with, with Johnny. We've never in our dreams have we thought that we would get a chance to see that. We get to see, you know, other characters from later uh, episodes. Like we've seen any, everybody but Hillary Swank at this point. Like seriously, that's the, and I, and I, at this point I'm thinking Hillary Swank is coming. Her character is coming the next, she was in the next Karate Kid, which was after that. And I, they have to get her. They just have to get her at this point. Um, even if she just makes a small appearance, they have to get her back on it. Cause they got, uh, now, and I mean, they got everybody on the show. They got John Silver, who, my God, this year, I have to nominate him as the villain of the year. He, he just comes across as so cutthroat, so malicious, so evil. You just, I mean, geez, I mean, like he was, he was, he reminds me of Adam Cole from like if professional wrestlers um, know who that is. Um, but he, you know, the, the young version of him, he definitely, he, uh, he definitely reminds me of him, man. Uh, in a, in a worse way, Terry Silver played by Thomas Ian Griffin has been one of the, like, and, and don't get it twisted. John Kreese has been no joke in the series. Martin, uh, Martin Cove has been, and he still is evil, but my God, Terry Silver has taken it. Thomas and, uh, and Griffin has taken it to an entirely another level that Kreese has never been able to really do. He's been wanting to do, but he didn't have the power, the financial ability to do it. Terry Silver does, and he always has. And oh my goodness, what's so crazy is like John Kreese awakened the devil. He didn't awaken a beast, he awakened the devil. And the devil has created hell all around the valley, but also around the world. Like, Encino is like in, in complete peril right now because of Cobra Kai and its exponential growth in his, in his, in his uh, community. It is just amazing. But we left off last season with, uh, with um, Terry Silver setting up John Kreese and, you know, setting him up for murder. And my goodness, this led to Terry going and taking over the whole entire, you know, valley and, you know, opening up Cobra Kai dojos everywhere, but almost also around the country, if you will. And it's just created a whole lot of mess. Um, we also have other characters in here. We got because of because of um, the loss of the tournament, Daniel and Johnny had to end the dojo. That was the agreement that they had upon here. Uh, Miguel ended up going to Mexico to try to find his father during the time. Robbie and Johnny went to go after uh, after them during the period. Samantha still, you know, saddened by her, you know, her loss and everything in there. She's been going through the motions and trying to find it. Tori. You know, Tori Nichols, played by Pat, uh, Peyton List, finds out in the last season that 
she didn't really win the tournament. That it was a payoff. You know, Terry uh, paid off the refs. So she was, you know, in a mist of morality here. So she had to find out, you know, what she wanted to do with that. Comes to find out she's working with John Kreese to try to take them down, you know, the whole entire situation. Um, do you have the, you got some new characters in there from last season. Um, what is the little young boy's name? Hopefully I can find him here because he played a really big role. Yeah, here he is. Uh, Dallas Dupree Young, who play uh, Kenny Payne, who is the young brother of the other guy who, uh, what's his name, took over, uh, who Robbie ended up looking after. But, you know, because he was bullying uh, Anthony LaRusso, after Anthony basically bullied him and turned him into Cobra Kai, which make him the new bully. Oh my goodness. The twist and turns of this thing is just unbelievable. It's so many twists and turns. You would think you would be overwhelmed with everything, but I'm going off the cuffs of my, of my memory of everything that's going on right now. That's how good that this is because normally I would have to write notes with this type of situation because there's so much going on, but because the writing and character development is so good and the characters are so memorable. I'm just looking at IMDb and looking at the list of characters and already just shooting off the mouth of everything that's happened from this point. So Hawk, who won the tournament last year, well, he, he, he was the champion, but they didn't win the tournament completely, but he was the champion. So he's, you know, still around in the whole entire thing, but they're trying to figure out what they're going to do because there's no more Miyagi Dojo and but they're still fighting off Cobra Kai. They, they have no choice because Cobra Kai is still creating havoc around the volley in this whole entire times. Cameron Diaz, which I find it hilarious that her name is Cameron Diaz. Um, her and Johnny's uh, relationship has gotten even deeper at this point. So they um, pretty much are in an entanglement right now that led to I'm spoiler alert people. He's going to have her baby and uh, they're having a baby together now which is awesome because that baby will be the link between Miguel and Robbie. And I love the idea that Johnny ended up making them fight it out to get all their, you know, frustration out. And then he revealed that they had, they're having a kid together. So that bonded, that fought, we finally got the bond of Miguel and Robbie. Like we never did before. Um, Robbie's relationship with Tori is a little bit abrupt because Tori doesn't want to tell him that, uh, she's on the cover. Um, to try to take down Cobra Kai. Uh, Miguel and Samantha's relationship is also, you know, in, in the ruffles of this whole thing because Samantha wanted to be by herself to find herself. It, you know, Miguel was about to, you know, reveal his self to her and gave her this necklace or whatever like that. That didn't fall through. But there was a scene in here where Samantha was starting to gain feelings back and she was going to just, you know, denounced uh karate but she ended up you know finding herself back in but she was also going to find herself about miguel but miguel ended up getting into something with this really hot chick at a party and she was mad and i'm like why is she mad this was her fault and thank goodness that the writers at, you know made sure that she addressed that situation because there's no freaking reason why he should be mad like she should be mad at him and that luckily they addressed that first of all can i put a side note that Zolo uh, Marindona, uh, if I believe his name is the guy, the actor who plays Miguel Diaz, he is he was set to play Blue Beetle. 
as far as I know, I think that is still going on. I hope that is still going on. I hope Warner Brothers didn't cancel that because I love this dude. He's a great actor and here he's grown into this role and I think he would make a great Blue Beetle. They need to stick with that project of all the projects that they took taken out of, you know, the Warner Brothers Discovery type of deal. They need to keep that because they already got the suit on him. They already had him. They, they were doing production. I it, I will be really pissed because Blue Beetle is one of those characters in the DC universe that I really did like um, and enjoy. But I think this was a bit this would be a golden opportunity for him to get access and a lot of people who don't know who blue beetle is in the dc universe he's it's an awesome character it's a character of color they need to jump on the ball with this um and not drop the ball like they did with the bat you know girl whatever excuse they had for that still should have came out regardless still was have been an opportunity for her i hope marvel takes her and do something with her character in some form or fashion because she got the raw end of that deal they, I, I hope that they, they do something with him. So um, there's a lot going on in this season, man. But the deal is, is that these guys are in a mess. We also get appearances from people of, I believe, the fourth Karate Kid movie. Um, I forgot his name, but he goes. Let me see if I can find him on here. Because he was uh, the actor who played on, uh, I think, the Karate Kid Part 4, where Terry Silver uh, first well, what's the Karate Kid Part 3 where Terry um, first appeared? Let me see. Where was he? Karate Kid? Yeah, it was part, Karate Kid Part 3 where he appeared in. But the, the other actor also appeared on air as well. Uh, let me see if I can find him. Because the dude played on a soap. He played in, uh, in a soap opera too. Mike Barnes. Uh, Sean Keenan made his appearance um, in this uh, episode too. So, you know... This episode was really, really actually getting in and installing the Karate Kid 3 aspect of this, too. We also got appearance from Robin uh, Lively, who played Jessica Andrews, who was the female character of this. Because every season, there was like every part, there was a female character in there. So they, she was in there, too, to add because and that was basically because um Terry's manipulation, Terry Silver's manipulation in this in this series um, was very influential and so much so Amanda and Daniel were getting to a squabble and she couldn't take it. But it took uh, Jessica to actually uh, to really convince her to like, no, Terry's a really bad dude. You really need to look out for him. He's really good for manipulating him. He manipulated Daniel into getting uh, going to Cobra Kai at one point in he's just a really bad dude so she finally got them together and again they're bringing back so many people in this deal and they've chosen was one of my favorite characters this season um chosen they really put him in gear with the um with the show i thought he did a phenomenal job with the show this year and uh i'm so glad that he's there because he's becoming like the right hand man of this of the series and let me see if i can find him on here too chosen 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 how do you spell that name either way oh here it is you uh yuji uh akamoto who uh 
who plays Chosen, who was the original character from the uh, from part two. Now, you, I, here's my thing, people. I don't know if the directors and the writers of the show are anime fans, but if you really look at this, if you look at this, you got to look at Cobra Kai in the same fashion that you look at Dragon Ball. Because Daniel really does come off as the Goku of this show. Johnny comes off as the Vegeta of this show. Um, Amanda, yes, could be Chi Chi. Um, Cameron could be the Boma. But Chosen is Piccolo. Chosen is absolutely the Piccolo of a bunch. So you have these characters here, and they, if you really look at it, they kind of do play off that deal in a sense. Um, and in some ways, I guess, you know, um, Samantha is the Gohan of this whole bunch, you know, um, Anthony is, is right at this time. He, he would be Goten. <laughs> there, there is some similarities to this series that plays all, but the idea is that like Daniel, all of his enemies, he ends up befriending. And that's what we're seeing here. He's befriended Johnny. It took him a while to do it. He's befriended chosen. He befriended, um, um, Barnes in here now. So like all of the people that hit was his enemies are now becoming friends. And that is, if not anything, the same storyline that they had, that they have in Dragon Ball. One of the things, one of the factors of Dragon Ball is that it's all about evolution and evolving one's ability. The other thing is that enemies end up enemies can be friends. We've seen that with Vegeta. We've seen that with actually, I'm still saying this. Frieza is the next one. We're seeing this um, with everybody that he's ever been enemies with, even right down to Krillin. So there is an, a little bit of a Dragon Ball narrative aspect to this series. But either way, this is just incredible. And the way that they, you know, really flowed with this series, it's just been, it's just been absolutely uh, a lot of fun. I love that what Kreese has been doing in, in, in prison with uh, his manipulation and him trying to get out of prison, which spoiler alert, he wound up getting out of prison in his own form or fashion, faking his death, if you will. Uh, just, I, I just, I love it. Stingray. Can we talk about him? Stingray in here has also been a hilarious character. This dude has been on the scene for quite some time and I love he makes his little appearances in here, but this time I think this was a little bit more important than the last few times that he was because he was always the comedy relief. But of course, he actually this time around, he was uh, he was a guy that they needed to point out that he was abused by Silver and he was too afraid to do so. And on top of that, he, uh, you know, he was getting paid off to make sure that he didn't say a thing. And that right there led into uh, him actually, you know, starting to give a damn. He was also given uh, John Kreese's car. So pending that it is going to be another season of this, that John Kreese is getting back his car because he's already escaped prison and faked his death. So he's getting that car back. That is happening. That I'm sorry, dude. You, I just like the fact that he got paid off by you know getting a lavish apartment. I uh, also he's getting um, 
I got a feeling he's going to join Miyagi, though, and probably even be it probably is going to be living with the uh, LaRussos because he is not going to be living in that apartment anymore. I'm pretty sure he's going to get kicked out after, you know, confessing everything that he did on uh, Silver. So uh, rather he's moving back to his mom's basement or he's living with the LaRussos and trying to find his own way or something like that. So I just the, the character development with everybody there, you know, it's just going to be crazy. Um, like I said, man, uh, Kenny Payne, now that he knows that Silver, you know, was, you know, manipulating him all the whole their entire time, going to see where his character goes because he's been he's been angry so many times and their their anger has been filled you also we got to talk about the other teacher uh, silver's gone but there were other senseis too uh can i mention also tyrone woodley being in this season as one of the senseis for cobra kai um former you know uh ufc fighter or mma fighter i don't know i don't know if he's still fighting anymore but he uh he he was in here and he was awesome here as well of course that was right before he got his finger chopped off in the midst of this also there were times in this series that i felt like people were gonna die and i think they're teasing that so much i think at some point i don't know if it's gonna happen but i feel like one of these seasons and it hasn't happened yet but they're getting so close to the point that i think somebody is going to they're, there's gonna they're gonna have a, their first death in the season and it's going to be mind-blowing but they it they almost teased it with chosen i thought chosen was seriously going to were going to die at the hands of um silver when they fought because they were using uh size and and, and katana blades in this one uh which was like terry's really he's looking to kill this dude and it looked like he almost did and they they held nothing back but chosen thank god is still alive in here because i would have been really pissed because he wanted to go back to japan and um you know confess his love to the female actress that was uh kamiko i believe uh i could be wrong on that who played in the um in in karate kid part two and she made her appearance back on i think last season so my goodness it was just this this season did not this is probably one of the best shows of 2022 for me and there's been a lot of great shows especially on the disney plus marvel front but this is one of netflix's best shows to date and they have they had a lot of great shows uh this season especially with sandman i thought sandman was pretty good too but it's something about the fluidity of cobra kai the consistency of Cobra Kai and the storytelling and just the surreal nature of this again being based on an 80s concept and still having to work and they lasted through five seasons to captivate people with their characters and the stories and the action it's just tremendous man I enjoy this immensely I know people have been going non-stop about what's been going on with this show and again overall this is a must-see series. I want to, I, I can't wait. I actually can't wait till the series ends because I feel like I can't re-watch this series or any of the movies until this series ends. Because once the series ends, I'm going to go back right from the very beginning, watch Karate Kid parts one through whatever. And when they finally end, I don't care. Hillary Swank has to make it on this show. 
they've gotten everybody, everybody who's everybody in here from here, except for her at, at this point. And it's just like, it's just not, um, it's just not the right time. It's just really not the right time for them to do it. But she is connected to this series because Pat Morita, who plays Miyagi, trained her. So even if she just makes one appearance or so, she has to make it. She has to make a comeback. I'm sorry. She's still at the point where she can make an appearance. Um, what is she doing right now? In fact, like she got things coming up that uh, she has scheduled. She's always doing things. She has, she's in the TV series right now called Alaska Daily that is currently in pre-production and they've advertised that um she's been still you know doing doing things a lot i mean it's hillary's freaking swank for god's sake they need to bring her in one of the best things that netflix has done is taken this series from youtube because this series remember premiered it, it debuted it the first season was on youtube i think the second season maybe too but they somehow stopped going to YouTube because YouTube, I don't care what anybody says, YouTube TV was just, it's not one of the best streamers sites out there. I don't care. Who Netflix took it, gave it a bigger budget, ran with it. It became one of the best, most popular series to date on Netflix. Bar none. Five seasons, people. You, It's not like they just giving them five, it's giving them five seasons because it's heavily viewed. I had we had this conversation before on this about you know networks just not giving away you know series like participation trophies they have to profit from these things they have to get you know money from these things and Kubrick High has helped them greatly with this you know the Umbrella you know Academy has helped them greatly uh all the Marvel Netflix shows has helped them greatly even though that was a whole different situation you know Bridgerton, like all those shows, like those shows really help them. That's why they get other seasons because it's the reason why people are subscribing to their streaming platform. They are not just going to throw in things and not expect anybody to watch it. That's a waste of money. That's a waste of time for them to do it. They do it with the intention of making sure that people are captivated and they're chained and they want to spend money on their product. Cobra Kai has five seasons. That's a tremendous accomplishment. Okay. I look forward to just they gotta have a sixth season. And again, at this point, Hillary Swank is the only one that's left. They gotta bring in the next karate kid. <laughs> what they don't have to bring is Will Smith's son. We he made that mistake before. If you want to forgive Will Smith, if by any means a reason to forgive Will Smith is because of this show. Because he was a major part of bringing back this show. Okay. It's under his production company. There's, you gotta bring them back. You gotta forgive. You gotta forgive. You gotta forgive. So, if I'm gonna give this, do I, you need a crystal ball to predict the obvious of what I'm gonna give this. This gets an A plus by far. Oh, can I mention Johnny uh, doing Uber driving? That alone, there was just some really funny moments here um, involving Johnny and, and his whole thing and him just trying to adapt to modern day is hilarious. So, him. Be, him actually becoming a father again but also him becoming an uber driver that's a must see so that's as that was as funny to me as madison and wongers hanging out together so well, anyway check it out if you haven't seen it yet but 
make sure you make time because once you see one episode, you're going to want to stick to every one of them. So go to way, check it out. A plus for me, Cobra Kai season five on Netflix right now, folks. That will do it for this edition of Talk Timeline. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Once again, if you didn't hear it on Select Start, you're going to hear it now. We reached 50,000 downloads of this show, of this platform in August. Thank you to everybody who has downloaded from no matter where you're coming from, where you're from around the world, because we got people from different continents and, and, and countries are, that are listening to the show. And I thank you all greatly. Thank you to even to those who are watching the video versions. Thank you. This 50,000 downloads is a great accomplishment. And I cannot be more happy to hear, to even find that out and just discover that. That was just an awesome thing to do. Thank you to everybody who's ever downloaded any of this. And I appreciate it. It makes it worthwhile that I'm doing a show. Thank you to every one of our guests that has been on this show to help that, you know, everybody. We've had a dozens amount of people that has been on the show. Um, I am grateful to you all. I'm honored. I am just it's just just awesome. Thank you to everybody in there. And um, my goodness, let's keep this going and keep it growing. We got a lot more to go and I am not stopping by a long shot. Not yet. So if you like this episode or every episode of Talk Time Live, you can check out all of our content on our official website for this platform. That is TalkTimeLive.com. All of our audio episodes, all of our video interviews and exclusives are there. Easy for you to find. You can also check out blog entries that I'll have and more to come, especially with this week, because I'm going down to uh, check out a final fan, a new world final uh, intimate music from Final Fantasy. Check out that performances. I'll be covering it. Have a lot of some video clips uh, and and uh, photos and footage from that uh, deal, and I'll be putting in a blog entry as well. For that, um, I will be getting a chance to meet Arnie and Eric there as well. So go out of your way, check that out. Also, go check out the interview that I had with those two, and you know talking about this upcoming event, which will be coming on Friday, September 16th at the Irvine Auditorium at University of Pennsylvania. Uh, fun fact, by the way, one of the actors from Stranger Things is at University of Penn, which is a couple of blocks away from me. So the, the irony is this, I've never watched one episode of Stranger Things, but that's a whole nother episode from there. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be there. Uh, go out of your way. If you want to uh, get tickets, find out when you can be a part of this or, you know, rather here in University City or any wherever where they're going to be performing because they're going to be performing not only just in the around the country, but around the world. So go out of your way, check it out and go to their website at FFNEWWorld.com. Get tickets, check out more information, see what it's all about. And if you're a Final Fantasy fan, you go out there, but come join me on Friday night, eight o'clock as they will be performing some of your favorite Final Fantasy music there. Also, if you want to subscribe and download this episode and any episode, never miss a beat. Uh, We are wherever podcasts are played, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora. And if you are on Tumblr, type in TalkTime Live and you'll find us there. You can listen to it there as well. Please keep the support. Let's get another 50,000 going for the next month and continuous months and going and just 
keep it growing from there. So folks, thank you again. That will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life. Oh, record, record uh, skip there. This week on Talk Time Live, we're going to be reviewing Clerks 3, like I mentioned, but also on Select Start, I will be reviewing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R. So JoJo fans, get ready. We're going to talk about that and much, much more. So again, let's do it again. On behalf of myself, this is Dex Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out there. Take care and have a great week. I'll talk to you guys soon. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.